And also in the African community, we don't talk about mental health, so how are they going to navigate that? It could lead to how they view, because a, a relationship is being modeled to them. Right. So it's going to lead to how they show up in relationships. Well, I mean, my dad beat me, so maybe it's okay for a man to do it. Hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of Amo Talk Show, your platform for all issues impacting Africans in the diaspora. I'm your host, Tulia. I'm so happy to be in front of the camera and talking to you guys because I love y'all and I want y'all to learn as much as I like to learn. So we are back again and I'm so, so, so happy, but I'm also so nervous to have this conversation. Before I could tell you guys what we'll be discussing today, I would like my guest to please uh, introduce herself, tell us what you do and anything else you'd like our uh, audience to know. Okay. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Michelle Stacy. Um, I a little bit about me, what I do. I'm actually about to start work, so I'm not working right now. I'll be working as a behavioral health counselor for adolescents between the age of five and seventeen. I also create content online, encouraging young adults to reach their full potential through workout videos or just sit down videos so you guys can find me there yes please check her out on youtube check her out on instagram i watch her videos a lot she is a young woman in her um, early 20s trying to make life happen for herself i enjoy having these conversations especially with younger people because um they bring um, awareness, but also um, knowing that like young people want to be intentional about leaving and being alive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so our conversation today is another heavy one. I told you I'm nervous, but I know that God's got me, and I will be fine, and we will be fine. Um, today's conversation is domestic violence in the African community. DV, as the Nigerians will call it, um, this is a very pressing issue in our communities. It needs to be talked about because it needs to end. Um, but before we can like start on this conversation, I want y'all to know that one in every three African women will experience relationship or domestic violence in their lifetime. One in every seven African men will also experience violence. So when we're talking about this conversation, it's not a one gender conversation. It's both gender, and we're going to make sure we touch on that. Um, also across Africa, 51% of African women report to having dealt or experienced domestic violence. You guys, 51%. That's a big number. I could not imagine. That means like everyone in four women that I know have been through this or will go through this. It's not okay. That's why we're talking about it. I told y'all before that the conversations y'all don't want to have, I want to have them. And I want to make sure that I can help you start these conversations with your family. So, Stacy. <laughs> oh, I'm nervous. Are you ready? <laughs> I am, but slightly nervous. It is going to be okay. Um, what are some misconceptions that African people have about domestic violence? Well, I think there's a lot of misconceptions when it comes to domestic violence. Mm -hmm. I think the first one that I would like to talk about is what you mentioned earlier, that domestic violence can impact men as well. Mm -hmm. There's this misconception that domestic violence can only impact African women, but it impacts men as well. Mm -hmm. Second misconception, that domestic violence is only physical violence. Domestic mm. violence can be emotional, it could be psychological, it could be financial, it could be sexual. 
So it could be spiritual. It's spiritual. <laughs> spiritual abuse. So yeah. there's many misconceptions out there yeah. on it. And as I was doing research for this, some of the reasons that um, justify or people use to justify um, domestic violence is if a woman leaves home without permission, if a woman leaves or neglects the children mm-hmm. at home by themselves, if a woman burns food, if a woman, <laughs> if, <laughs> if a woman makes more money, yeah, if, um, what, what was she the other one? If she refuses to have sexual... If she refuses to have sex with her husband, these are some of um, the reasons that as Africans we... We think that it's okay. It, we think it's okay. And I don't want to say we, but it's normalized because mm-hmm. of those reasons. And yeah. I just want to say that domestic violence is never okay. Under no circumstances... Is it okay to take your wife's paycheck? Is it okay to berate someone? Is it okay to put your hands on anyone? It is never okay. And I think those reasonings that are brought up in the African community as um, incur- not encouraging, but mm-hmm. justifying domestic violence are ridiculous. Yeah. Who, who has a burnt food before? <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like, they're the tolerance for this is so high 51% again guys 51% of african women we're talking about we don't know i i don't have a number for african men but 51 is too much it's too high um the reasons that we normalize this behavior is oh well she provoked me a woman needs to be put in her place like i've had conversations with people in the past um, there's a Bembe song that like is against, like basically tries to bring awareness to domestic violence. Mm-hmm. And one time I was listening to the song, right? And there were some guys around and he, the guys were like, what is this man talking about? What is he talking about? And I was like, he's trying to bring awareness to an issue that we Do definitely with. have a problem with. And this is what you have to say. He's like, well, sometimes women need to be put in their place. And the only way to do that is to put your hands on them. And I was like, guy, check yourself. <laughs> like, I think yourself. It's, it's really mind-boggling the fact that women aren't even seen as a person, an individual. How can you treat your grown, not that even touching your child is okay, but how can you treat a grown adult woman like a child? Mm-hmm. Put in your place? How can a man think that I have authority, I have so much power, I have so much control over her, so I'm going to put her in her place as if I'm her father? And like I said... Touching a child is also never okay, but to treat a woman at such a low level is mm-hmm. just beyond me. Yeah, because at the end of the day, right, like, um, I have people in my life that will say that, like, when a man touches their wife or when a wife touches their husband, that um, <clears throat> it has a lot to do with who they are as a person, right? Mm-hmm. And um, what they're lacking, you know? You trying to show your power or like overpower somebody is it only goes to show that you don't have any power at all because as a person, why does your power have to come up 
by bringing others' powers down. Like, if you are a valid person, I will see that through your actions, not mm-hmm. through you bringing me down. Okay? So, I think that um, the whole, like, it's, it's ego that makes them want to do these things. And so, that's a problem. I think people need to, like, work on their personal selves and work on personal development for themselves like to get to know who they are as a person and why they behave in the certain way that they behave because personal development self-improvement actually takes work it's challenging it's Mm -hmm. hard and it's easier to operate in such a extreme way it's easier to yell at someone to take that anger out on someone else it's easier to project it onto your spouse than sitting there and taking and accountability mm-hmm. that's true and it's not okay it's not that's okay true. but it, sh- it really shows the weakness in the abuser the perpetrator it shows how weak they are inside yeah. right where does that stem from what do you think um, where does where does the abuse the abuse stem from what does does a person just wake up one day and become a, pe- a perpetrator I think it can come from a variety of different reasons. One Mm -hmm. of those reasons can be what type of home did the abuser grow up in? Mm -hmm. Um, Continuing the cycle of abuse. Did they watch their mother get beaten? Did they watch their father get yelled at? Did they watch their mother's paycheck get taken from them? Were they beaten as a child? Maybe the parents didn't actually have any physical violence but did their father beat them so now they think this is love if a man hits me Mm. that means he loves me Mm. um if a woman yells at me that means she cares about me you know that shows um that so one their household two i'm 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 cautious to say this but could come from mental health issues and not dealing with them Mm -hmm. in the best way possible like anger or um I, 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 I want to be trauma. careful. Trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, maybe they're just not a good person. That's okay. also a reasoning. Yeah, and I think no one person wakes up one day and decides I'm going to be a terrible person. So... Because there's also... Sorry to interrupt no, you. There's no, also mental ahead. health disorders such as narcissism, right? Right. And there's a lack of empathy for the abuser. At that point, it's not... Oh, I wish I could be accountable. I just don't care for this individual. Mm-hmm. I don't care that you're telling me to stop. I don't care that you're telling me that I'm hurting you. Mm. Like, so there's that too. No one wakes up and says, I'm going to hurt another person. No one wakes up and chooses the cards that they were dealt. You can't choose mm-hmm. the home that you were brought up in, but you can decide I'm not going to continue this anymore. Right. So how does one, like, if I made a decision, let's say that I, I grew up in a in a, an abusive home. Mm-hmm. How can I walk away from it? How can I end the cycle? That's some soul searching. That's a lot of work that's gonna have to go in, but it's first starts with acceptance. Like this is what happened in my childhood, mourning the loss of that childhood. It wasn't normal. Um, educating yourself and being like, what is a healthy household? Right. What is a healthy relationship? Mm. What is a healthy individual? Am I operating as a healthy individual? And that could be work that can be done on by yourself, but it can that individual may need the help of outside support, such as a therapist, counselor, psychologist, psychiatrist, because they have never been exposed to this information. Mm-hmm. Now they could be given you 
confirmation like oh I grew up in a narcissistic family mm-hmm. oh control is not normal being manipulated to this degree is right. not normal um, and time changing behaviors is going to take time instead of yelling at someone being like I need to step back I need 10 minutes to myself I, I don't need want a journal to, I need to journal learning your emotions as well what am I feeling mm-hmm. there's this um, wheel in therapy like the emotional wheel it's not just sad happy and anger there's so many emotions learning how to navigate those emotions and then developing systems to help navigate through those emotions like what do I do when I feel angry what do I do when I feel depressed what do I do when I feel humiliated or ridiculed um, okay I can go get a massage or I'm gonna go outside for a run and all of that so okay okay it's a it's a whole lifestyle change if yeah someone grew up in that I also think like um, in the community some of the things that I've seen is that um, when we come from Africa and migrate here to um, in the diaspora what often happens is that roles adjust a little bit right um, back home majority of um, families had men as their breadwinner mm-hmm. whereas here you don't only have one breadwinner you have two or you have two incomes coming in cons- um, consistently consistently I can't talk constantly you have two incomes that come in um, and now you're having to like deal with um, an added layer to your relationship that wasn't there prior Mm -hmm. you weren't struggling with um, whose money we're going to use for what Mm -hmm. and now men are having to struggle with that and so I think there's that mindset that like when we go to the United States women have more power and so a man to kind of like build up their strength or like I don't know how like they perceive it but like to them is like no for me to um, not their self-esteem but for me to have more authority I need to make sure that this woman isn't knows her place so that when we get to the United States she's not running our family because there's this perception that like the U.S. values women more than it values men, mm-hmm. and that what women says goes. Actually, ha- I don't think the you know the U.S. doesn't value women more than it values men. It values oh, and this is debatable. It values <laughs> men and women to the same degree. It actually uh-huh. gives women a voice, and. Now that and we're not used to that. We're not used to women having a voice mm-hmm. back home in Africa. So seen as disrespect. And so she's disrespecting me because yeah. now she has an opinion. And right. I think um, a little off topic, but I think in that situation, a healthy marriage would say, or a healthy man would say, you know what, um, babe, like, I'm feeling really insecure right now. Like, ever since you started making more money, it's kind of triggered me in a way like hmm. and actually have a conversation that would take a very competent man to do that like you have to have done a lot of like personal growth mm-hmm. for you to admit that because for men right they see themselves as providers and they can't fail you don't you know the things where like African parents don't apologize mm-hmm. because they feel like they're in place of power and if they they apologize they feel like they're gonna lose that power mm-hmm. I think it's the same thing a man to to say to come to you and say what their flaw is that's what marriage is though you know (laughs) at least in my opinion marriage is supposed to be a space where we're both growing and there can't be vulnerable with each other there can't be growth without vulnerability they can't 
if I'm your partner, why are you hiding from me? Mm-hmm. If you're insecure, just tell me. Like, I would tell my partner, too, like, dude, I'm really struggling right now. I'm really dealing with insecurities ever since... Um, you started making more money. I feel like you might leave me or something. Like, oh, um, cultivating a space for honesty. That's what I view, at least. And you can... Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Now... But it does take strength. It takes strength. Um, it takes emotional intelligence for you to do that. And we're lacking in that. We're lacking in that as a people because we continue to struggle. I want to take us back to like a few years back when Ostinachi, um, a lady from Nigeria, everybody knows Ekueme. If you know the song Ekueme, like you know the person that sang it and how she just, oh my gosh, she opened the gates of heaven with that song. Everybody was singing the song. Everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, she got deleted. Like she, she got murdered by her husband. And as I was doing my research, I'm seeing that more, like it's, it looks like evil men do this and it's normalized but that's not just an evil man problem that's an african man problem you know that's an african family problem because mm-hmm. if we are seeing people dying <coughs> from this issue and we sit quietly <coughs> in the united in the united states that will not be allowed because what if immediately it gets reported and that's my next question immediately this gets reported the man is going to jail. And other men will have to learn that no, I can't do that to my wife. But back home, they'll go they'll do this back and forth thing between the law and the families and what's right and what's wrong. And it's like this man abused a woman. This woman abused the men. They shouldn't they shouldn't be allowed to to do this. Mm-hmm. So why are African people reluctant on on um, <coughs> on reporting. Um, again, there, there's a variety of reasons, and I think the first one is retaliation. If and retaliation in one of two ways. If I retaliate, I'm not going to be taken seriously. Mm-hmm. If I not retaliate, if I go and tell someone, report, they're not going to take me seriously. What if I go to my family and they're like, you know how he gets when he's drunk, or what if I go to maybe it's not fear that the law enforcement may not do anything about it but it could be fear immigrant immigration status they could fear how it's going to impact their family mm-hmm. um they may not report because they're afraid for their kids what if kids are taken away by cps mm-hmm. they may not report because um Granted, this is a very big world, but when you live in a small community, that may feel like the entire world um, being ostracized by your community. Like, there's the girl who, she's responsible for her marriage failing. There's the guy who couldn't keep a wife. You know, there's that as well. So there's many factors that play into why they don't report. And finances as well, right? Um, Oh, yeah. Where if I report and now my husband is taken to jail or... Who's going to take over We're separated and... I have these kids. Who's going to take care of it? Who's going to take care of my kids? You know? There's the shame. Shame plays a big part in this because I think that, like, a a lot of um, women specifically, Mm -hmm. because they are held responsible for their marriages for some reason and not the men as well, but that women are looked at as in 
if they leave, she failed. She couldn't do her marriage. It was her fault. It Why was her would fault. you get married? Look what you've done to the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So how does domestic violence, how does it affect children and the family unit? You know, um, a lot of, some people may stay in situations saying that I'm doing it for my kids. And I think that's a great question because when we look at how domestic violence impacts kids, how they show up in school, you're a teacher, so mm -hmm. they start acting up more. They are angry. Why is this kid so angry? They're not listening. Um, it can lead to it can lead to depression, anxiety, PTSD, mm -hmm. a variety of mental health conditions. And also in the African community, we don't talk about mental health, so how are they going to navigate that? It could lead to how they view, because a, a relationship is being modeled to them. Right. So it's going to lead to how they show up in relationships. Well, I mean, my dad beat me, so maybe it's okay for a man to do it. Or my dad yelled at my mom, he's only just yelling at me. It's like maybe it's not that big of a deal or so we continue the cycle the cycle continues until new information is brought to a person so they can say oh this isn't okay even though i've been told my entire life it is okay and that can even be shocking like whoa i've lost what 25 years of my mm -hmm. life i've lost 28 years of my life i've been in toxic relationships my entire life and it started here mm -hmm. so it can have devastating impacts on children yeah like you said um it it shows up in the way that they show up in relationships because a relationship was, was being modeled for them. And now the way they show up is the way that they were shown mm -hmm. how to show up. If their parents were being abusive to each other, that's how they know how to love. That's how they know how it's to give love. love. To them. It is love to them. And so you have the young ladies who will go yelling at their boyfriends because that's what mom did to dad. Yeah, I only slapped him. You know, him. I, I slapped him. Like, you are worthless. You're you talking to your boyfriend. Anything. You are worthless. Yeah. You are nothing. You come from nothing. And that's verbal abuse. But to her, it's normal. This is normal. I'm not touching him. This is normal. And as an educator, I just want to say that, like, it's hard on the kids. Domestic violence is hard on the kids big time and children have to build a lot of emotional intelligence as young adults to debunk that you know to try and go back and say you know what this was never okay this should have never happened and i never want that to happen to my own kids i never want that to happen to my spouse because it's not okay I just got emotional there a little bit because I can see at least five kids right now that I'm working with that are dealing with that. It's not okay. It's not, um, a little bit about my history, like I used to work at a daycare when I was in high school and I, the majority of children who were, who were at that daycare came from dysfunctional homes. I would have tough conversations with kids, like instead of what do you want for snack, it's they're, they're just talking about things that they shouldn't be talking about. Or even right. when I worked as a psychiatric nursing assistant and I would float to um, the peds department, there are kids in there because they come from dysfunctional homes. Like, it is so hard on the kid and it's mm -hmm. so important for us to protect those kids. But the parents have to care more than yeah. the community. But it's so hard, it's so sad to see.
Yeah. And this is a this is a silent battle that the African community is dealing with right now, because going back to um, people not reporting, mm -hmm. there's also a race issue that's layered on top. It's not easy to report because reporting means a parent is out of the picture, right? If I report, he's gonna be taken out of the out of our home, or she's gonna be taken out of our home. What then happens? Where if he gets deported, right? All those things that now this means my kids will have to grow up without a father. I watched a girl once that um, that whose father like abused her mom and it was really bad. And to her, she her response to this was that, "Mom, you should have left because us growing up with a father." didn't make our life any better mm -hmm. and our father may have been a good dad to us but he was a terrible husband to you and now we don't know how to have good husbands and be good wives okay here's my thing when it comes to leaving or staying for like the children or to make sure there's a father and mother in the house mm -hmm. both decisions are hard right. to keep him or to stay in the home and to leave but one shows their kids what self-respect look likes one shows their kids what to tolerate not to tolerate one shows their kids I'm worthy of love and I'm worthy of healthy love and that's why you it's a tough space to be in but I think talking to your kids and being like this is why I'm leaving mm -hmm. this is why I have to leave your father I think that is the best route to go down instead of, and I, I can't speak because I haven't been in that situation, but like you've that daughter said. You've in places where mm -hmm. you've seen this behavior repeated. Yeah, it's, it's better. And I also feel like, could it be due to a fear of unknown, like what's life going to look like now? Because you might, that individual may meet a man or a woman five years down the line who's great for their kids, you know, mm -hmm. who's not yelling at them. So their kids can be like, you know, you can start over when things go wrong. Right. You can have healthy homes, you can have, but it's better to leave than for your kids to go to your funeral. Okay. I, Maybe that's I, harsh, I, but. I, no, it is harsh, but that's just the reality. I, I want you to talk to us about your work at NISA mm -hmm. because Oftentimes, I have people ask, like, well, what makes her think she can say these things to us? Mm -hmm. And we may not be in positions where we have dealt or experienced this for ourselves, mm -hmm. but secondhand trauma is real. Mm -hmm. I'm an educator, and whenever I see kids going through this or whose parents are going through this, that traumatizes me. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people understand the impact of that. If that's secondhand, what about the f kid that's dealing with it firsthand, or the mother that's dealing with it firsthand, or the father? So what, what was your work at NISA like, and how do they ensure, how does NISA ensure that families stay together instead of like um, separate? And how do they make the decisions between like um, keeping the family unit together or like, 
separating separating so that last and one, what is nisa okay <laughs> so i'll start with nisa is nisa african family services is a nonprofit organization in des moines in iowa city and they work on advocating for de domestic violence and sexual assault within the african community my work with nisa i started there end of my freshman year so up until 19 up until a few years a few years a few months post graduation so i was there for about 2 years 11 months about 3 years and when i was at nisa so i didn't work directly with families that were going through domestic mm -hmm. violence i was a youth advocate um, advocating for mental health so these are children who have experienced dysfunctional families so they're dealing with the after math, math of being in a dysfunctional home and also when I was at the University of Iowa we did put on a few events where we talked to college students about dating violence what does that look like how to set boundaries and communicate and um, red flags versus green flags I have also worked at a distance with um, Nisa and like I know that they look at what's salvageable and what's not. Mm -hmm. If a relationship is repairable, they mm -hmm. try and repair it. Mm -hmm. But if it's not, they 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 they, they go the separate route. Um, but I think that anyone that may be going through domestic violence, um, I want to point out that it is hard to leave. Like it is very hard to leave because this is what you've become accustomed to. It's the normal. It's the normal for you. It's not easy and we're not in any shape or form trying to say that it is easy to take the exit because it's not. Yeah, victim blaming, none of it. But if you can and you have the resources to leave because you know that like this is not working out, it's not going to work out, all it would do is harm remember that there are many men and many women of african descent that have died from domestic violence mm -hmm. so do yourself a favor if you have the resources to take the exit and go and as families we also need to support that decision because one of the reasons why it's even hard to leave is the rhetoric around it. Um, I said it earlier, but going to like a family member or community member and saying, well, let's start with family. He hit me. Oh, it's only one time. Just forgive him. You know, marriage is hard. Now we're diminishing the, um, the level of pain that person, that has the gone person through, is going through or the severity of the situation. Or they go to community members such as churches or mosques and religious places are a very great place to go for a variety of reasons but it can become problematic when congregation staff are not educated on domestic violence so they're giving information based off of well the bible says stay the bible says don't divorce the bible says work through this i'm not saying every pastor does that but even community members, they need to bring in professionals like domestic violence advocates or mental health um, workers to speak to the congregations. These are the facts mm -hmm. and let the people know. But um, I like that point. I like that point because do um, Africans run to church for 
all of their challenges. If I'm having marital issues, I'm going to run to my pastor or my pastor's wife and tell my pastor's wife, like, this is what's happening and I don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. The first thing they're going to tell you is like, oh, cha. you know, now marriage, everybody deal with their own. You, you are dealing with your own. Me too. I'm dealing with my own. Okay. And the other thing is like the person you're telling uh, your information to probably is dealing with their own and they're si- they're being silent about it because they don't know who they can talk to about it because they don't want to be ridiculed. Nobody wants to be ridiculed. Mm-hmm. And so you're afraid to speak. And that's why it's such, from communities. Yes. That's why it's such a spoke. silent, silent, deadly battle that um, our people are going through. Mm-hmm. But any last thoughts? I think for the most part, we've said what needed to be said. What else would you, what would be your last words of encouragement? to the watchers. I think we can end by talking about how to break some of those cycles. Mm. Um, Mm. Education, finances, Mm -hmm. and building ourselves. um, Helping... Expand? So in terms of education, helping women become um, more educated, or men in general, to have their own source of financial independence, have their own form of financial stability, so that finances don't play a role in staying. But Stacey, this is one of the problems we're dealing with. Some, one of the reasons we said for domestic violence is financial independence. So how do we teach people to become financially independent and yet still hold their marriages and still be... Uh, interdependent on each other well it's okay I think all three of those things need to happen at once I think okay the first step actually would be the self before we can even touch education before we can even touch finances a real and honest conversation needs to have to be had with yourself am I happy here am I happy with the way this marriage is being operated am I happy if it's a young adult Am I happy with the relationships I've been in? Is this all I'm worth? Like, is this how I want to be treated? Mm -hmm. And then having a conversation with your partner and saying, I don't want this anymore. And if they respect it, then you move forward and say, how can we work on this? Mm -hmm. Go to marital counseling, go to therapist, whatever needs to be done to work through that. Go to organizations like NISA to navigate through that work through it with your families if it is uncomfortable for you to go to therapy because maybe language is a barrier for you and Mm -hmm. you can't do that call elders from your family and i know that like not all elders know how to operate these types of conversation but be intentional and ask elders in your family to sit you together and just work through this conversation and but i think responsibility is also on all age groups like I think elders and community members also accepting maybe we're wrong. Maybe the way we've been operating isn't good for our daughters. Hmm. Maybe the the conversation we've been pushing isn't healthy. Because a young couple can go to elders and they say, just stay, you're fine. Mm -hmm. But if elders can sit back and say, it's hurting her, it's hurting him, how can we reassess how we've been navigating? marriage or healthy conversation so it it takes effort on all age groups okay and then mentorship is so important in my opinion i think older women can talk to younger girls and be like you can move this way like learn self-respect learn self-love learn self-worth um learn to communicate boundaries and understand you're not 
being disrespectful, you're not being arrogant, you deserve to have a voice. And also us young people on that same point, us young people accepting that the advices that elderly women give us um, because of time changes, mm -hmm. we have to adjust those um, those advices or encouragement um, to fit like what works for us. So we need because, to have conversations with each other. Yes, too. because the thing is, like, you'll have young women who have conversations with older people, and they will be like, "That's so outdated. That's so outdated." But are they actually outdated? Ask yourself that. Is it outdated, or is there a way that I can improvise what they've told me mm -hmm. to work for me in these in real time? Mm -hmm. Continue though. But yeah, I was just saying like mentorship helping all one another so not even in terms of building the self up us we can talk to high school students and be like let's set you on the educational path towards a successful life mm -hmm. um, older women can talk to young adult women or older men can talk to young adult men and say let's set you on a path towards financial stability mm -hmm. towards financial independence older men can talk to younger men let's learn to process these emotions let's build emotional intelligence so it's mm -hmm. a it's a community effort. Yeah. Um, and that's the last thing I wanted to talk about, how to break those cycles. It's going to take um, work from everyone, and everyone has a place that they can play in, a role that they can play. And last part, families. Normalize having conversations with, within your families. Um, I love that. That's a really good point to end on. Families. This is your place mm -hmm. of like starting those conversations. Listen to this conversation and see how much of it like you can bring to your family's table. Mm -hmm. And continue this conversation because there's so much to it. We only have so little, so much time to like discuss it. Yeah. But I do appreciate you coming and um, shedding a light on this because it's not an easy conversation. Mm -hmm. It's emotionally draining um, to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, and so thank you. Is there, do you have any social medias that we can follow you on? Do I have any? <laughs> I have plenty. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, if anybody wants to connect with me and follow my journey through my 20s, I'm on Instagram at CTA. I'm on TikTok. Well, I'm regrowing my TikTok. I started a new one. And YouTube is my baby. <laughs> I share just the ups and downs of young adulthood and keep keeping pushing forward despite that. And LinkedIn for career updates. So, yeah. Perfect. Thank you guys. Um, um, thank you so much, Stacy, for coming thank on. You for having and thank you guys for listening to this conversation. Please don't let this conversation end here. Bring it to your dinner table if you guys have dinner together as a family. Bring it to your way to work if you pick up people and you carpool to work. Start talking about this because the more conversations we have, the less issues we'll continue to um, to see in the future. It may not start. With with our generation but at least we may not see the results in our generation but at least we can start to see it in our kids so thank you again if this is your was your first time here please subscribe if you are a regular you know I love you I I appreciate you and all that you're doing to make sure that we're growing make sure to share this video so that you're not keeping this to yourself don't get to keep information my people please go ahead and share and this is your host Talia Mulemba with Emo Talk Show much love Thank you.